0: Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice. America needs individuals who not only recognize that righteousness exalts the nation, but cures to reproach to any people. Hello and welcome to Of oh God and If beauty is only skin deep, this is the most shallow host you'll ever see. (laughs) It is great, fantastic to be with you. Uh, If you want to reach me, you can reach me at 210-854-8029. Preferably by text. If you call, I may uh, not be able to get to you, but if you send me a text, I will be uh, sure to reply. uh, At least uh, if you matter at all to me. (laughs) Or you can email me at bf. At bromfrench.com That is the letter B, the letter F, at B-R-A-H-M-F-R-E-N-C-H.com. And so, uh, some interesting things. Jim Webb. Jim Webb was running for President of the United States on the Democrat uh, side. He was running for the candidacy for the nomination from the de- from the Democratic Party. Jim Webb has since, last couple days, pulled his name out. Pulled his hat out of the running. Now if you've paid any attention to the Democrat nomination process, you will recognize that Jim Webb was the only candidate with a brain on the stage during the debate. He was the only one that made sense, he was the only one that was articulate, um, he was the only one that was, uh, well how can I say this, he was an old-school Democrat, a Reagan Democrat if you will. Unfortunately, Webb did not get the news that uh, Reagan Democrats left the Democrat Party, and uh, there's been a slow decrease of brains in the Democrat Party. What do I mean? The Reagan Democrats left, and then with Clinton, some others left, and uh, I I don't mean that the Clintons weren't Democrats, but There were people that were tired of the direction the Democrat Party was going, and so they turned tail and they ran, and which is why we had Newt Gingrich, which is why we've got the Tea Party now, which is why we've got rallies, and uh, the Republican Party hasn't necessarily grown, even though the Democrat Party has shrunk, because the Republican Party have a bunch of loons in them as well. But Jim Webb ran as a Democrat way back when, and I wondered why, because the guy made sense. The guy had some conservative, Judeo-Christian values. In the Democrat Party, there has been a vacuum for the last 30 years. There has been a sucking away, and something has to fill that void. And what has filled that void? People like Bernie Sanders, Lynn Chafee, Hillary Clinton, people that uh, have make no sense, criminals, socialists, communists have filled the void that the Reagan Democrats left. And so this is who is in your party, Mr. Webb. This is why you would have never get the Democrat nomination. You would have had a better chance in the Republican Party. The Republican Party, though I don't agree with all of their stances, I don't agree with uh, all of their decisions, but that's the great thing about the Democrat Party, or excuse me, the Republican Party, that uh, you can still disagree and be under the same big tent. Having said that, though, Mr. Webb, you're more than welcome. We have plenty of rhinos. Uh, and for crying out loud, if we can put up with John McCain for all these years, surely we can put up with you. <laughs> so uh, let's move on to some other things. A mother, a mother has just found out she's 41 years old. She's just found out that she is going to have a baby. She is excited. She is thrilled. Can't wait. She's 41 years old. She is approaching the point in life where childbearing is no longer an option. But this sweet woman in the middle of her decision, she's found out she's pregnant, she's ecstatic, but the doctors discover something else. The woman, this woman has cancer. She has cancer in her neck. She has cancer in her brain. They can fix the cancer. They believe that they can do radiation. They can do chemotherapy. And they can get rid of the cancer. And she can live. But it does mean that she will probably kill the baby. She could have an abortion and be fine. But what does this woman decide to do? This woman decides that she rather give her life so that her baby can have one. This mother has now since passed. Her brother now has the baby. I believe he's in Florida if I remember correctly. What an amazing story. What an amazing thing. But you know, if you don't have life, what difference does the rest make? If you don't have the right to life, what difference does any other freedom really mean? What difference does it mean if you're gay and you have the right to marry uh, somebody of the same sex? If you don't have the right to life, really that meaning is useless and and, and which really there is no such thing as gay marriage, but that's a whole other issue. So then the next question is, what is freedom and where is freedom found? Well... I can tell you some places where it is not found <laughs> I tell you what let's spend a little time talk about where it is the number one place in the world this is according to heritage heritage.com number one place for freedom at the moment is Hong Kong Hong Kong the freest place in the world followed by Singapore number two number three was New Zealand number four Australia, number five, Switzerland, number six, Canada. I could go on, but you're probably wondering where is America? Where is the United States? Well, folks, we are all the way down the list, number 12. We are number 12 in the list of freeness in society. We are just a less than a point away from the uk now you remember 239 years ago we signed a declaration that said we want to be free and we want to be free from the uk though we didn't it was england we want to be free from england that's what we want and now Because we don't want to live under their dictates. We want liberty, and we didn't feel like we could have liberty under them. And so what did we get? 239 years later, we were only one slot above them and less than 1% more free than them. I remember the day when America was the freest place in the world. I look forward to that day again whenever it may happen. Oh, so talking about freedom, talking about, now I don't believe that you can be free and uh, not have freedom of religion. C.S. Lewis gave an interesting reasoning on atheism that I found. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't do a whole lot of background. I didn't do a whole lot of investigating. So whether or not it's really true, beyond me. And I don't care because uh, now the media throws out everything that's not true anyway. So what difference does it make, right? (laughs) We just say and make up anything we want. C.S. Lewis, this is reportedly what uh, he had said. Supposing there was no intelligence beyond the universe, no creative mind. In that case, nobody designed my brain for the purpose of thinking. It is merely that when the atoms inside my skull happened, for physical or chemical reasons, to arrange themselves in a certain way, this gives me, as a byproduct, the sensation I call thought. But if so, how can I trust my own thinking to be true? It's like upsetting a milk jug and hoping that the way it splashes itself will give you a map of London. But if I can't trust my own thinking, of course, I can't trust the arguments leading to atheism. And therefore, have no reason to be an atheist or anything else, unless I believe in God. I cannot believe in thought, so I can never use the thought to disbelieve in God. <laughs> what an interesting way to look at it! Thank you, C.S. Lewis. You continue to bless us all these years, even after your departure. Tell you what, let me take a break, and when I come back, we will uh, we'll look at the Quran. Heaven help us. And uh, then a little bit after that, we'll go through the Bible in a trillion years. Hold on just a second. Tired of trying to keep up with the Joneses? The Joneses got a new car, so you need a new car. The Joneses just had their lawn landscaped, so you want to. But you don't want to spend that kind of money. Green Thumb Landscaping has the thing for you. Bermuda grass clippings. Your yard will look as good as the Joneses for a day or three without the added expenses. Green Thumb will bring clippings from other yards and spread them in yours for a minimal cost. As an added benefit, you won't have to cut your lawn for a while due to the live grass being killed by the clippings. Won't you call Green Thumb Landscaping today? And there is the car wreck, the collision, if you will, of Islam and Christianity, or Islam and any other religion. (laughs) We are going to go through the Quran. We are on chapter 2, or what uh, in English we would refer to as the cow. We're going to pick up at verse number 28. And uh, this is what it says. How can you disbelieve in Allah, seeing that you were dead and he gave you life? Then he will give you death. Then again will bring you to life on the day of resurrection. And then unto him you will return. He it is who created for you all that is on earth. Then he rose over towards the heavens and made them seven heavens. And he is the all-knower of everything. And remember when your Lord said to the angels, Verily, I am going to a place, uh, mankind, generations after generations on earth. They said, Will you place therein those who will make mischief therein and shed blood, while we glorify you with praises and thanks? Exalted be you above all that they associate with you as partakers and sanctify you. He, Allah, said, I know that which you do not know. And he taught Adam all the names of everything. Then he showed them to the angels and said, Tell me the names of these, if you are truthful. "'They,' angels said, "'Glory be to you. "'We have no knowledge except what you have taught us. "'Verily it is you, the all-knower, the all-wise.' "'He said, O Adam, inform them of their names.' "'And when he had informed them of their names, "'he said, Did I not tell you "'that I know the unseen in the heavens and the earth, "'and I know what you reveal "'and what you have been concealing? "'And remember when he said to the angels, "'Prostrate yourselves before Adam.' And they prostrated, except Satan. He refused and was proud and was one of the disbelievers, disobedient to Allah. This is, there are so many holes through this <laughs> that uh, I'm, for sure, I'm gonna miss some of them. There are just too many holes to be able to fill them all. It's just gonna continue to leak, and I'm gonna miss some, and you might catch them later. But let's look at it. Let's go back to verse 28. How can you disbelieve in Allah? Well, that's a no-brainer because Allah is, uh, well, he's an idiot. And he comes from a prophet that was a moron and a uh, child rapist. But uh, let me continue. How can you disbelieve in Allah? Seeing that you were dead and he gave you life. No, he did not give me life. Then he will give you death. Ah, so (laughs) Allah gives life. He then takes life and gives it. Go back to look at what Jesus did. God didn't give us death. We chose death. Adam chose death. But God came to give us life and give us it more abundantly. This is not what they're claiming that Allah does. He's not Allah is not offering life and offering it more abundantly. He says he gives you life, he gives you death, he'll give you life again at the resurrection, and then you're going to return unto him. Verse 29, he it is who created for you all that is on the earth, Then he rose over toward the heaven and made them seven heavens, and he is the all-knower of everything. So this Allah knows everything, and uh, so there is nothing, I guess, that he does not know, Uh, which I I can say that that would sum up Jehovah of the Old Testament, Jesus of the New. God is all-knowing. I won't argue with that. But then we start to get to some interesting things. Verse 30 And remember when your Lord said to the angels, Verily, I'm going to place mankind generation after generation on the earth. They said, Will you place therein those who will make mischief therein and shed blood? Where is this anywhere in uh, the Bible? This is absolutely nowhere. This conversation. And where did God ever ask for permission to make man? He he did say, Let us make man in our own image according to Genesis. But when did he say, "Uh, I think I'm going to do this. What do you think? (laughs) <laughs> he said, Where I'm going to place mankind, generation after generation on the earth. They said, will you place there those who will make mischief therein and shed blood? Nowhere did I ever hear the angels asking that question. And, and then they, now they're complaining because they go on and say, while we glorify you with praises and thanks. So we're praising you and thanking you while you're going to make these people that are going to do mischief and they're going to shed blood. And they now, who is it that sheds blood? Who is it that that has been causing the mischief for the last just shy of 2,000 years, 1,500 years? Who is this? I think it's a legitimate question. It is those who practice and believe the Quran. It is those that worship this false god, Allah. They are the ones that are causing mischief. They are the ones that are shedding blood and almost always innocent blood. So are you going to do this while we glorify you with praises and thanks? Exalted be you above all that associate with you as partners and sanctify you. He, Allah said, I know that which you do not know. And so Allah has to tell the angels he's actually smarter than them. I never read where God has to tell the angels he's smarter than them. I I think the angels are smart enough to know that God is smarter than them. (laughs) It's It's just insane. Totally insane. So let's go to verse 31. And he taught Adam all the names of everything and showed them the angels and said, tell me the names of these if you are truthful. Ah, verse 31, completely contradictory to scripture because in Genesis, the Bible teaches that Adam named the animals, but the Quran says that God named the animals and then told Adam, he said, he taught Adam all the names of everything. So Adam doesn't name the animals, according to Islam, but God named the animals. Well, then man doesn't really have dominion, does he? Apparently not. Adam uh, Taught Adam all the names of everything. Then he showed them to the angels and said, Tell me the names of these if you are truthful. Now, again, God has to ask the angels whether or not they're truthful. Allah does not know whether or not the angels are honest. (laughs) <laughs> this is this is nuts. Verse thirty-two: that they, the angels, said, "Glory be to you! We have no knowledge except what you have taught us. Verily, it is you, the All-Knower, the All-Wise." So, uh, let's go on. Verse thirty-three: He said, "Oh Adam, inform them of their names." And so now the angels only know the names of the animals or of creation, because Adam was told by God and then told the angels oh what crazy beliefs oh adam informed them of their names and when he had informed them of their names he said did I not tell you that I was that I know the unseen in the heavens and earth I know what you reveal and what you have been concealing so he's speaking to the angels and he has to tell the angels don't you understand that I know what you're trying to conceal and what you're revealing It's as though God or Allah has to prove that he is truly their God. I don't read where God ever has to do that with the angels, where Jehovah ever has to do that. But Allah, for some reason, must prove himself. Verse 34 is very interesting. And remember when he said to the angels, Prostrate yourselves before Adam. They prostrated except Satan. He refused and was proud and was one of the disbelievers disobedient to Allah. Why is this interesting, you ask? This is why. Nowhere in Scripture, as a matter of fact, the Bible says in Psalms and even in the New Testament, that man was made lower than the angels, not the other way around. We see Where man at different points failed to worship the angels, and the angels would say, Don't worship us, worship the one true God. Nowhere do we ever, ever, ever see where the angels fall prostrate to humanity. They are there for God's service, they're there for us, but they do not fall prostrate. They are not our servants, they're God's servants. What a crazy, messed up belief. It truly is, say it again, a doctrine of devils. Let me take a break. When I come back, we'll go through the Bible in a quatrillion years. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice. And we are back, and we're about to go through the Bible in a trillion years. We are in Genesis, Genesis chapter 37, verse number 30. I believe we will be able to finish the chapter today, which is crazy news for this podcast. <laughs> Genesis 37, verse number 30. The Bible says this, And he returned unto his brethren, and said, The child is not, and I, whither shall I go? They took Joseph's coat and killed a kid of the goats and dipped the coat in the blood. They sent the coat of many colors, and they brought it to their father and said, This have we found. Know now whether it be thy son's coat or no. And he knew it and said, It is my son's coat. An evil beast hath devoured him. Joseph is without doubt rent in pieces. And Jacob rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his loins and mourned for his son many days. And all his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him. But he refused to be comforted and said, For I will go down into the grave unto my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. And the Midianites sold him into Egypt unto Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh's and captain of the guard. This is an amazing story. Let me back up and we're going to do a refresher, if you will, for just a second. Joseph has had some dreams. Joseph is loved of his father. He is his dad's favorite. He has had dreams, and he has shared his dreams with his siblings, with his family, with his folks. His dream is that uh, the stars bowed down, 11 stars bowed down to worship him, and crops bowed down to worship him. And uh, dad is not happy with him telling his siblings, and his siblings definitely aren't happy with hearing it. And so dad, in his favor and his love for the boy, gives him a coat of many colors. The time comes where he sends Joseph out to look for his brethren. Joseph is on the way. They see him coming. They see him from a distance. They hate him. He has been wandering looking for them and somebody points him in the right direction. And so now he's going to where they are. He gets to where they are. And they're saying, as they see him approaching, let's kill him, let's destroy him, let's knock him off. Reuben, the oldest, recognizes that's probably not the smartest thing to do. Let's put him in pit and we'll hide him. And Reuben thinking to himself, I'll come back later and I'm going to pull him out. I'm going to deliver him and bring him back to father so that he's safe. But the brethren, when Reuben is away, See some Midianites that are on their way to Egypt and they stop the Midianites and they have now sold him into slavery to the Midianites. Reuben has now made his way back and looks into the pit and sees that Joseph is not there. So now this is where we're picking up. Reuben is a, a little distraught <laughs> because this is now it's his reputation. It's, uh, Joseph is, is, is the one that he's supposed to be watching. He's the oldest. He feels responsible. He returned to his brother and said, The child is not, and whither shall I go? So now, how am I going to face dad, knowing that his son, his favorite son, is gone? And they sent the coat of many colors, and they brought it to their father. Let me back up, verse 31. They took Joseph's coat. They killed a kid of the goats and dipped the coat in the blood. And so now they're trying to kind of cover their tracks. They sent the coat to their father, And said this we found know now whether it be thy son's coat or no. Hey dad uh, Check this look at this. They didn't actually lie to dad. They did not They misled him. That's for sure They didn't lie to him It's amazing how they twisted themselves in a pretzel To get the right reaction out of dad so that dad would believe that he's dead and they can and that it died at some animal and so that they would be off the hook. Anybody recognize we do the same thing in our lives today? Especially, it's crazy, but those of us that aren't really walking with Jesus, but we want people to think that we are, we turn ourselves in pretzels. We lie, we deceive, we connive, and then we cover. We make up another lie to cover the previous lie. This is the same kind of thing that they're doing. They need evidence, so they've got the coat that's now been dipped in blood. The Bible says, verse 33, that he knew it. And he said, it is my son's coat. An evil beast hath devoured him. Joseph is without doubt rent in pieces. Joseph is for sure dead. It's over. Jacob rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his loins and mourned for his son many days. Obviously, no doubt, Jacob is distraught over the loss of this boy, as any parent would be. Verse 35 is very interesting. And all his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him. What? (laughs) Your sons are going to comfort you? Your sons. The same sons that just sold Joseph into slavery and said that uh, they found the coat in in the fields, eaten, and that your boy was probably eaten by bears or something. These same boys are now trying to comfort dad what scum. But again, doesn't that fit us all when we walk in the flesh? But he refused to be comforted and said, for I will go down into the grave unto my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Dad said, I'm never going to forget. I'm always going to remember. It's never going to be out of my mind. But I want to spend most or the remainder of this time on the last verse. And the Midianites sold him into Egypt unto Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh's and a captain of the guard. At the same time, they believed they were killing. They sold him into slavery. Again, types and shadows of Jesus. Judas Iscariot sold Jesus for a few pieces of silver. They sold Joseph for a few pieces of silver. Judas... Sold him what you would think would be for to his death. The brothers sold him what they believed to be for slavery. But what they really did was sold him into his dream and into his purpose. That's exactly what Judas did. Didn't recognize it, but in betraying Jesus for those few pieces of silver, actually sold him into his purpose, his dream. Jesus was born for Calvary. He was born to die. Judas sold him into his purpose, into his dream. Joseph was born to be a deliverer, and he was sold into the position that he would be able to be used by God for the deliverance of his family. Now, this is crazy, because the day's going to come where Joseph will be used to deliver his siblings, the same siblings that sold him for just a few pieces of silver. The shoe one day will be on the other foot. One day it's going to be opposite. They're going to bow down before him. They sold him into his destiny, just as Jesus was sold into his destiny. You and I, if we've got a relationship with the Father, We've got some that are gonna to wanna to sell us down the river. That's okay. Why don't we just go ahead and say, you can, you can do it, and it might make you feel better, but what you're really doing is selling me into my destiny. <laughs> you thought it would destroy me, you thought it would kill me, you thought I'd be a slave, you thought I'd be dead, but you sold me into my destiny because now I've got purpose. He's in Potiphar's home. And later on, it's gonna get even worse. But again, it's nothing but destiny unveiling itself as God would take him from one place to put him in a place where he could be the most valuable in the kingdom of God. When you walk with Jesus, you will be sold up the river by some. That's okay, it's your destiny. You just go along and allow God to use you. You're gonna be betrayed, you're gonna be hated, Your dreams are going to be mocked. You hold on. God's not done with you yet. He's not a man that he should lie. I've run out of time. We will talk to you later.